Good morning, Wisconsin. It's WTMJ Now. News, opinions, Wisconsin. Everything you need to know in the Badger State and beyond. Come give us your thoughts on the old National Bank talk and text line at 855-616-1620. Old National Bank. Get old. Now here's your hosts, Sandy Max and Steve Scafidi. Indeed, here we are. I used to call it the best hour of political talk radio in Milwaukee, and here we are. we got 50 minutes left. <laughs> Boy, those news guys really like to bloviate, don't they? Anyway, we're going to talk about news. News what? is important. Let's news stand is important. up for it the is. news people. Yeah. Uh, it is. It is. Um, and I'm, I'm just, of course, teasing them. But I do like to get as much time with you gentlemen as I can. Sadie Max, Steve, Joe Zapecki, Bill McCoshin. How's everybody doing? Joe's fresh from the road. Wonderful trip with the family to San Francisco. Love that. Mere 21-hour delay on the way back. <laughs> Fully recovered. That's the worst. <laughs> Airport time when you want to be back home is You know, I, I think about it more as bonus quality time oh, with yes. the family. Oh, of course you do. Man, here <laughs> we go. Good attitude go. to The have. power of words and the stories we tell ourselves. And yeah. Bill McCaution, the start of hockey is like, this is hey, hockey Hey, listen, season. the Jets have a exhibition game tonight in Janesville against the Wisconsin Windigo from Eagle River, Wisconsin. So, You're all drop the up. puck. Let's yeah. go. I got my logo on and everything. I see that. So, hockey season. Actually, my show poll, we can have some fun with that if you want. Show poll, like, what's the benchmark for the end of summer for you guys? Labor Day. That's what I say. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Football season was that I voted on your poll. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for but voting. Football on the season poll. starts in August now. Well, that, you do. High yeah, school. High school. Does. High school does, yeah. <laughs> we had a full slate of college games last night that some people were yeah. even able to well, see if they were Spectrum customers. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. The whole ESPN thing. All right, gentlemen. So the, the big one of the big stories, national stories this week, is the the pausing, the uh kind of really agonizing long stare by Kentucky Senator Mitch McConnell. Um, it, it was it's awkward. I watched it a couple times last night again. It's just it's awkward. He's obviously he's got something going on. He got a clean bill of health from the Senate doctor apparently, <laughs> or the medical authorities there. Um, I'll start with you, Bill. Um, what does this suggest about? And it's a bigger question: the age of our senior leaders in this country. It's in, in the highest level of government. They, we're getting older. It's a population, and maybe that's what's we're seeing in our elected officials. Good I think thing. It's- I thought it was scary. I didn't think it was awkward. I mean, he he literally froze, and his aide came to his uh, defense right away. But it was uh, it went on a while. I can't believe he got a clear bill of health so quickly, too. Is I it? don't think he. And this is the second time this has happened in the last like six, six weeks, weeks or so. Yeah, right. I I I think voters across the country are seeing this age factor, both at the presidential level with Donald Trump and with uh, Joe Biden. Seventy seven percent of voters now say. Joe Biden's too old to be president, including 69% of Democrats. So I, I think it, this is a bipartisan issue. You got Dianne Feinstein, you have Mitch McConnell. Listen, I will always be grateful f- to Mitch McConnell for denying Merrick Garland a seat on the uh, U.S. Supreme Court and for making sure that three conservative, young conservative justices will serve for at least a generation. But it's time to go. That's the reality of it. I, I don't think he has the mental ability to do that job anymore. Maybe he fills out his term, but he, at a minimum, he should step aside as the leader. What does it say about voters, though, that they continue to, to accept the older candidates and not look for that next generation? Uh, I, I, they have, listen, these guys are incumbents. They have advantages. Let's not forget, only one incumbent in the entire United States, statewide incumbent, lost in the last election cycle, and that was the governor of the state of Nevada. That's it. 
Every other statewide incumbent in every other state won. So they have tremendous advantages. And in Mitch McConnell's case, I mean, he's the leader. So you're going to give money to him no matter what because you want to make sure that your bills move or or someone else's bills don't move. So he's got tremendous advantages, but there's a reality that has to set in. He's not Chuck Grassley. Chuck Grassley from Iowa is 86 (laughs) years old, just completed his, I think, 48th year of doing all 99 counties in Iowa and ends each each trip with a blizzard at Dairy Queen. I mean, that guy's still got it going on. He gives the corn report about how the corn's growing. So it's not necessarily an age thing, although I've gotten to the point where I think there probably should be age limits as it relates to our public officials. And Joe, on the other side of the aisle, we've certainly heard the stories about Diane Feinstein. We've, we've listened to some of the times where her, her aides, her staff have literally had to tell her how to vote. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not suggesting she wasn't going to vote that way, but it does raise the eyebrows, raise the concerns of, of voters, residents in her district that maybe she's not all there. And this is this is a yeah. concern when what, these are the hundred senators that are deciding the laws of the land and the way we govern in this country. There, there is a slightly different. I think you have to look at it slightly differently between McConnell and Feinstein. Also, McConnell is part of the gang of eight. These are the eight congressional leaders who have to be notified about like covert actions and like the highest classification military operations in this country. They, they, he plays an actual role in the national security of this country. We need to have the processing power there. I do not mean to draw that distinction because I think Dianne Feinstein should continue to serve in the United States Senate. She should not. She's had a storied, wonderful career. And it's time to move on, right? In both, of the these, torch. in both of these states, the people who succeed these senators are going to be members of their own political party. 100%. Right? There's just, there's no question about that. Let's turn the page. Now, I, I do find it interesting that you're praising Chuck Grassley and saying we need an age limit at the right. Like, well, which is it? it I, Chuck Grassley is there. Guys like him are few and far between. I mean, most of these guys in their 80s and females, you know, are, are well past their prime, and they're making massive decisions that impact all of our lives. So, yeah, I, I, I think there ought to be some consideration as to an age limit. And well, to go back to the leadership thing, I mean, like with this Tommy Tuberville nonsense holding up military promotions and the person who could do something about it is Mitch McConnell, who's the leader of the Senate and the leader of his party could say, Hey, cut the crap. We got to, you know, clear these hundreds of senior military leaders. So those are the national security implications. And that's why I do think we just have to look at it slightly differently. We got to get to break. Can he be an effective leader? He's got a a ton of time left in his term. Who was the first guy that came to his defense? Joe Biden. Yeah. Right. Had a conversation with him on the phone. People on my side talk about a uniparty. There is one at the at least at the top level. People that have been there for decades and decades and decades. They all sort of look out for one another. It's time to pass the torch. It's time for a new generation. Joe Biden's mother lived past the age of 100. But this is where the voters. I hear you, Bill, with follow the money. And that's where the money is going to go is to the established politicians. But this is not how the government was supposed to be set up with career politicians accruing more and more and more power. And. You know, we all value and praise disruptiveness and outsiders. Boy, wouldn't it be great if voters went to younger candidates and that could help shift? Then that's where campaign contributions would go to and really vote for people who much more represent them instead of. And we have the Internet now. We have Ballotpedia. We have (laughs) we have for people who are like, I don't want the mainstream skewed news. There are places to go to get facts. 
just facts on where somebody stands on an issue and do it. And that is how we would get I think better representation. And I think will said, take a stand in 24 on this age thing. And I, I think they'll reject the older. It'd be interesting to see if Both there's some them? sort of a movement. Yeah, okay. that's my hope. Well, I, I still bold. don't think Biden's going to be their nominee. I, that's a bold prediction. I'm not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing. We'll take a break. Bill McCosh and Joseph Pecky, Sandy and Steve, WTMJ Now, Political Power Hour. WTMJ Now. Oh, uh, yes. This is it this weekend, right? Is it tonight? When is that? Tonight, Kiss, Kiss. in tonight. Crandon. Kiss in Crandon. 60,000 people are expected to be in Where Crandon. Where is everybody staying in Crandon? <laughs> Not in Crandon. <laughs> no. There's campsites there. It's a big, big, big racing I, I imagine more crazy things will happen in Crandon this weekend than ever in the history of Crandon, maybe. It's good for Northeast Wisconsin. What's the average age at a Kiss concert? Serious question. It, it's multi-generational. I've been. I've been okay. multiple times. My dad took me when I was 10. That is cool. So like, like, I've never been. It's, uh, in my family, was I've not, seen Kiss was not a big thing. Oh, it's a bucket list show. You'll smile. You'll mm. smile so much your face will hurt. And uh, if you sit close enough, you can feel the columns of the heat from the columns Start of like flame. like going to a Queen concert. Yeah. Carol and I did that. Yeah. That's, oh. We were young. And we're, we, you know, we're not young. <laughs> <laughs> You're younger. Younger. Yeah, yeah. Or sort of. All right. Just to kind of put a cap on some of this, I, I were mentioning during the break that this has been a week of sort of bipartisanship. We had the president call Mitch McConnell, check him out, President Joe Biden, two old guys chatting on the phone. And then we had the hurricane in Florida where two guys that really don't like each other, President Joe Biden, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, actually talked about some things that were important. What I love about this is that's like a, pushing the politics aside and just getting the work done. I love that story. Yeah, I, I love it because of the raging hypocrisy it, it <laughs> exposes on the part of uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. All oh, these, not Joe Biden. All these Republican politicians who, you know, like Ted Cruz comes to mind, who has voted against emergency relief uh, for other states. But then when Texas has a storm, then he's all about it. Right. He, he doesn't want relief aid to go to New York after Hurricane Sandy. But, oh, there's a, an ice storm and a, a cold snap in Texas. Cruz is all about the federal emergency funds. DeSantis announces recently that Florida will not be accepting any money under the Inflation Reduction Act. But now a storm comes ashore and all of a sudden they want the federal government to be a partner there. It's just like, come on, folks, let's let's understand that you are right. We disaster may. relief should be a bipartisan, common sense thing that we do, whether it's Hawaii and the fires, whether it's Florida and a hurricane, all of this stuff. We have the resources. We have to do the right thing. And it Let's affects it. all the population. Yes. It is not My point. affecting people who do and don't vote. My point was that at some critical moments, people rise above that. Maybe we can use that example for other times. That was my point. Right? Oh, did I? You did, tramped I did I, did I, did you, did you I you take it down <laughs> some partisan rabbit hole? Maybe. Yeah. Right away to, I the, agree pol- with you, though. Right away to yeah. the politics with Joe. Actually, we had a local signal of potential agreement on Robin Voss and the Assembly Republicans tax plan. Mm, Governor we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna talk Evers about mm-hmm. called it a fair compromise. Now his staff back in Madison didn't get the memo because they <laughs> called it something else. <laughs> but the governor was out and about in Wausau and got tracked down by a television station. He instantly said, I wish they would have passed this in the summer. I think it's a fair compromise. All right, let's jump in. You jumped ahead in the outline, but let's talk about <laughs> it. So this is, I, we had Robin Voss on the show yesterday. For about 15 minutes. And we asked him yeah. a lot about the tax plan and also about the Supreme Court thing that we're going to, the uh, the controversy, the discussion that's happening with recusal and all of that. But let's just get to the tax plan. Is this is this a reality 
Is this going to happen? Are middle-class taxpayers, however you define it, are we going to get some of that uh, money that we've put into the coffers back? Joe? It was always going to happen. Oh, it was? You yeah. were confident? We had this conversation after the budget, and what we what we both said was there's still like $5 billion in surplus. That's a lot of room to negotiate and to get additional things done in the fall, and that's what's going to happen. They're going to get a tax cut done. They should get, and I, I'm hoping that they will, and there's some understanding of the leverage points here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yelling last night at the game. Um <laughs> Tax cuts, we still need to get the engineering building done. Something needs to get done on child care. So, listen, there's room to negotiate. There's room for wins. For Everybody's everybody. just getting along. That's It's that easy. We're just going to do this now. So, so there, there were two ways to do this. One would be to override the governor's veto on the second tax bracket. Right. And for the listeners that don't fully understand or didn't hear your program yesterday, this tax cut is strictly middle class. It's 1.8 million tax filers. They took out the top, top they took bracket. Out the, they, there is no cut for the top bracket. Right. And that was the governor's major concern. Senate Republicans, because the budget was a Senate bill, could have overridden that and sent it to the assembly. And then the assembly would have needed to get two thirds votes. Rather than do that, Robin Voss didn't want to wait. He said, listen, I want to get my guys on the record on this middle class tax cut right now. They're going to do it in September. I think it'll be an overwhelming vote. Uh, and then it'll go to the Senate. I think this could happen this fall for sure. And I, it, ultimately, it's good for taxpayers. It's seven hundred and seventy two dollars on average. Uh, tax cut plus the thing they built in this time that wasn't in the summer tax package was for retirees. The first one hundred thousand dollars of your income is tax free here in the state of Wisconsin. And if you're a married couple, the first hundred and fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. So those are really really smart moves by the speaker and his leadership team. All right, Joe, easy peasy. Yeah, I, and I can't wait for Tony Evers to sign it, and it'll be the Tony Evers tax cut. And when three-term Tony runs for re-election, <laughs> is he going to run he'll again? He'll take the credit for are you, it. Are you? Is he think he's up for a third? I don't know. Yes. How old is he? What's, yes, what's rules, his age? Ruled it out. Is he above or below the McCashan line? <laughs> <laughs> Bill Setnar. I, I, I think our he's age slightly limit. below. Okay. I, if I had to a have a cut line, it would be seventy-five. I Joe believe Biden, he's Mitch that. McConnell, and Diane yeah. Feinstein. He's seventy-one. He's seventy-one. All right. So he's a youngster yet. Anyway, so apparently this is going to be an easy thing. We're just going to get this tax cut and and. I love the retirees thing because I'll be one one day and you will too and so will you and so will Sandy. Why not? Uh, you know, nothing in the capital is easy. So. Right. Yeah. Maybe we oversold this. <laughs> yeah. We've got some miles to go here, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But this fall. Yeah. I think it's very possible. Impacting next year's taxes. And it's good yeah. for everyone, right? right? 73% of all tax filers are in this second bracket. So... Pretty much everybody wins. Is it just know. me or is there a lot of agreement today on stuff? Yeah. Where's the fight? You, you think those multimillionaires are going to be okay? I think they'll be just fine. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think they'll be just okay. fine. All right. <laughs> I love the I love the way you guys talk to each other. <laughs> Joseph Becky, Bill McCosh, Sandy and Steve. We got a whole 33 minutes left of the political power hour. Join us. If you have a question for the gentleman or us, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talking text line. Quick break. More of politics in our state, in our country, after this on WTMJ Now. WTMJ Now. All right, so unknown to me and my co-host, Sandy Max, apparently one of our players, <laughs> Joseph Becky, brought some audio to the show. Yeah, if, yeah. if we're going to talk, we've, like the, in the news has been this question about potentially impeaching Newly uh, confirmed, sworn in, elected Supreme Court Justice Janet Protosiewicz. 
And there's all this talk about impeaching her before really sort of anything has happened. And and I think it can be pretty confusing for the average like news consumer to go like, what is happening here? So I was able to get some audio that really gets to the root of why this is even a discussion. Brandon, can you play that for me? Joe being funny. <laughs> That's what we've got here, folks. So you, there's nothing to any of this. Of course not. If, so what, what is actually happening is Republicans are so put out at the notion that their maps could be thrown out that they are ready to impeach someone for merely sitting on a case if she doesn't recuse herself. Let me explain this as quickly as I can. A federal court has said that the Wisconsin maps were built for partisan advantage. Speaker Robin Voss, under questioning by State Senator Calderoy's, has acknowledged that these maps were designed for partisan political advantage. So for Janet Protasiewicz to call these maps rigged is to be as controversial as saying the sky is blue and water is wet, and then if some nut job files a lawsuit disputing that, the fact that she said water was wet and the sky was blue means she has prejudged the case and she must recuse. This is insanity. And it's maybe only rivaled by the Republicans in Washington, D.C., who are going to impeach Joe Biden this fall for reasons passing understanding, because in five years of looking into Hunter Biden's business dealings, they have not found one shred of evidence that Joe Biden did any anything untoward, but are going to, uh, I don't know, maybe that's like a secret map to the key where the proof is and they can only find it if they launch an impeachment inquiry. Like, this is sour grapes. It's crybaby stuff. Bill, buckle up. We're about to have some fun. <laughs> All right. So you can find this on the JS online today. What does Wisconsin's Code of Judicial Conduct say about recusal? Under the state's rules for judges, recusal is required in situations including when the judge made a statement as a candidate that commits or appears to commit the judge with respect to an issue in the proceeding. She clearly tripped that trigger in the, in the campaign. We talked about this multiple times on this program during the Supreme Court race. Janet Protasiewicz went way further than any candidate for state Supreme Court ever has as it relates to the maps. She called them rigged. She said that gerrymandering had to be, we needed a fresh look at this. She clearly has a position. If you're listening to this program and you ever have had or may have in the future a case before a judge, you want to know that that judge is impartial. And if they're not, or if your attorney doesn't think they are, they're going to ask for a change of venue, right? This is the situation here. This Janet Protasiewicz has made up her mind that these maps are completely rigged. And oh, by the way, the, the, the U.S. Supreme Court also acknowledged that the maps Tony Evers drew gave Republicans a partisan advantage. That's because that's how the people vote in rural areas. OK, so the, I, I think that point is frivolous. But Robin Voss is smart here. He, he's got his foot on the gas. He's going to she's either going to recuse herself or she will get impeached. And guess what happens when that happens? She can't sit on any case from that point forward. She may still be a justice, but she can no longer sit on any Hold case. On. There's, there's a forward. distinction here. If she's impeached by the assembly and then the Senate 
refuses to act on the impeachment and hold a trial to convict or not. That is how long she is sidelined. So what I would like to hear the Republican Party commit to is if they're going to go ahead with this nonsense, do it in a way that actually says we mean it, we're going to impeach her, and the Senate's going to convict her or not in a speedy manner so that we don't have stasis where for months and months she's hanging out there. That, that's the play, the Republic- right? That's the play. That's the Republican play. They, that's they the Republican don't have political to do anything. Play. They don't have to do anything That right sets away. the court in a deadlock. Which is giving, the, giving a finger towards the middle of the hand. That's my bigger question. To the people of Wisconsin who that's voted for Janet Protasiewicz by over 200,000 votes. I have said on this show. That this is dangerous territory. It's terrible. I didn't like it. I didn't like it when they did it with Fred Pren or whatever his name is. I didn't like when they did it then. And and this echoes that if that's what happens. But to the voters of Wisconsin, in the state of Wisconsin, I say this is dangerous territory. If you start overthrowing election results, and that's what kind of this is. And that's what Republicans have been about in the age of Trump. Let's just call it what it is. I don't know that It doesn't have to be. This could be simple. She could recuse herself from that case. We don't know that it's going to lock up 3-3. We don't. That's true. true. You also don't know how she's going to rule. Like, this is the difference, right? Like, if a case is brought... Oh, she's been very clear about how she's going to rule. If a case is brought that does not have good legal, like, arguments and reasoning and rationale and, and, and a solution... She could go, yeah, this ain't it, and throw it out. You don't know that. Could- She's. I could have asked Brandon to play the quote where she said she won't put her thumb on the scale on every case. She had a quote like that during the campaign. I'm not which familiar was, with that one. It, w- w- which was staggering that, that a candidate could say that for statewide office. But she did. I, this- I just think this is dangerous territory. And if, if this is what's going to happen, the scenario you laid out, I think voters in Wisconsin are going to look at that Whatever your party affiliation says, we have people doing things that reject the will of the voters. Yeah. That's a dangerous part. And I'm a Republican saying that. Yeah. So I, I just I would tread lightly on this issue. It's a bad that look. That does sound like what might happen, though. It's bad politics. And and it, so if it, so let's play it out even further. Right? So she's just stuck there. Okay. So she resigns after January 1st, 2024. Okay. Guess who gets to appoint the replacement? Tony Evers. You think, you think he's going to pick somebody more conservative no, than Jana Protasiewicz? She's not resigning. I mean, you don't spend north of $25 million to win a seat to, to walk away. Uh, Whose money was it, Joe? It was her donor's money. And where did that come from? Contributions. People who care about the future of this Wisconsinites? state. But the, the point being, right? So, okay, if Tony Evers goes and grabs Chris Taylor off of the, the bench, Republicans going to be happy with that? How do it's you a think, risk they're willing you, to take. <laughs> Okay. That's the, I think that's the, the ultimate question. Yeah. Take that risk. Again yeah. in the the next easy election. answer is for Janet to step aside on this redistricting case. She doesn't need And then to. she can serve on all the rest. Okay. And then all, all eyes go on Hagedorn. Until until it's about abortion. And then they'll say, oh, she said how she, she said how she felt on that. The, the Planned Parenthood and all these groups campaign for her on that issue. So she can't possibly be impartial. It, it's nonsense. It is dangerous. It, it's, it's a bad look. It's bad politics. bold stances on issues when you're a candidate for a judicial position it is a high risk she knew what she was doing when she did it it's the abandonment of being a nonpartisan candidates in what is really a partisan race now. right if it only, is not if only someone had warned us yes joseph it pecky bill mccosh will take a break lots more to get to join us on wtmj now thanks for joining us on this friday political power hour Bill McCosh, Republican strategist Joe Zapecki on the Democratic side of the aisle. 
Political power, 37 minutes. Yeah. No, well, it was 50 <laughs> minutes today. It was 50 minutes today. Um, you know, this is, a, this is a robust conversation that we're going to be all having in the, in the you know, months ahead. So, I mean, let's, let's face it head on. And I, there, this is not easy stuff. You know, you talked no. about the ease of, the, of this tax agreement, whatever that's going to be. <laughs> this is the opposite of that. And it's going to get crazy in Wisconsin. And one will feed into the other. Yeah. Right? And because it could. And then the last conversation and Republicans, you know, big belief in the rule of law and the role of justice in our society leads right into this next uh, conversation. All right. Indictment. I call it indictment gates. I mean, four indictments, uh, former presidents, we, we all just to be fair and balanced, because I always get these texts and it, frankly, they're driving me nuts. <laughs> Republicans are looking into whatever Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, whatever that is. They got to follow the same process. If there's something to see there, they got to go through the courts like everybody. else. No, 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 no. It's, it's top secret. The only way to get it out of the magical treasure chest is launching wanna, an impeachment. Inquiry. I don't want to bog down on that. What? What are we, This again, this is the uh, magic ball stuff, which we like to do on the, on the show occasionally. What are we going to glean from all of these indictments? What are we going to get from it? And, and probably more importantly, how does it shape this election that all of us are going to be talking about, and as you will, next year? We are getting to a point where there's so much noise about all of these various legal challenges facing former President Trump that... It is going to be hard to find the signal through that noise and understand how voters are reacting and responding to this. What kind of noise? In the last week, we had another filing, the New York Attorney General, saying we have found that Mr. Trump inflated his assets and committed like a fraud against the state of New York for overvaluing assets to the tune of like $2.2 billion. And she believes she has that case so dead to rights that a judge can just rule on it and you don't even need a trial. And so that kind of stuff, again, it's every week there's going to be stuff. What does it all mean? I thought it was really interesting. I finally heard a Republican who is bullish on Donald Trump potentially losing the Republican nomination, uh, Mike Murphy. Yeah. Old hand. Talked to, well. talk to Charlie Sykes this week and sounded like he sees a path for someone. I don't know who that someone is. He didn't really know who that someone is, but that's. What we're stuck with is the reality at the moment is like a plurality of Republican primary voters are just can't quit Donald Trump. And that's bad politics. It's bad for the country. This is going to get worse before it gets better. Well, Bill, how do you run a campaign if you're not campaigning? You got all this other stuff to worry about. Is well, it just it, your name recognition? That's it. Donald Trump's got universal name ID. And this week he put out. I think 40 videos from his basement on quote unquote policy, but most of those were attacking Ron DeSantis in the middle of a hurricane in the state of Florida where they both live. It was insanity. I think the ground started to shift this week. I mean, Trump is still the favorite to win this nomination. As measured by what? Uh, I, I, I think voters are taking a second look. I think Trump looked unstable this week. I think he looked uh, irrational attacking uh, DeSantis in the middle of a crisis. Uh, and, and he looked desperate. There, there was no need for any of the things he did this week. And, and the gaslighting, I mean, the two things he failed most on, COVID, number one. One of these or multiple of these videos were about Ron DeSantis being the COVID guy. I mean, are you kidding me? This is the guy who shut down the country. This is the guy who turned over the government to Anthony Fauci. That's one. The second thing he failed on was personnel. I mean, he hired more clowns than P.T. Barnum. It's unbelievable, <laughs> right? And so I think Republicans are saying... Okay, it's going to be DeSantis or it's going to be Haley. I think those are the last two really that are standing competitively. 
We're going to have one more debate in California. If we're not down to four after that, it's a gigantic mistake so by the Republican. Get, it's not going to win all before California? No. Well, that's only three weeks away. No Vivek uh, momentum out of the debate? But listen, Vivek is in the same lane as Trump is, which is in the MAGA lane or the outsider lane. Trump's not leaving that lane, right? That actually might make Vivek the most important person in the party then, because if, if that MAGA lane, if he can cut into that at all out of Trump by being the younger version. I don't see version. the MAGA crowd leaving Trump for I don't him. Either, but but you, get what, you get what I'm saying strategically, I do. which I is do. like, I if, do. if Haley is who consolidates the rest... If, you, if Vivek can take just enough from that MAGA wing, you know, there are two that's indicators, enough. Steve, to your question. Charles Franklin did an analysis of has Trump really gotten stronger since the indictments? After the first one, yes. Since then, nothing. Flatlined. There's been three more indictments, a total of, I think, 87, 91, 91 total uh, indictments, and, and he has not gotten stronger. DeSantis clearly went down over the course of the spring and summer, and I think he's stabilized and heading back up. Uh, you know, so the the party's going to have to get smart here. If they let eight people get to Iowa, it is a it is a guarantee Trump is the nominee. So I think we got to get smarter about pushing people out sooner than we have in past elections. This is such a bizarre political scenario for the next twelve months. I can imagine that Trump's money churn with every NFT that he creates and every <laughs> mug. <laughs> There's a scenario where if he doesn't get the Republican nomination that he feels so entitled and so deserving of to be president that he would still run. Well, and this is the problem. He can't, he won't lose. Right. I think I made this point one other time. It's worth making again. If Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley beats Donald Trump in 50 Republican nominating contests out of 50, how many of them is Donald Trump going to concede defeated? None. We've seen this movie. How, how do Republicans get off of this ride if this guy refuses to acknowledge the fee? He'll say it was a rigged election, right? They're all against me. And that will be devastating for the Republican Party because he won't shut up about it throughout next year. Hold your thought. We got to take a break here. Bill McCosh and Joseph Pecky, Political Power Hour on WTMJ Now. All right, we got a few minutes to... Wrap up all any, any any sidebar things we need to wrap up before we get to the grab bag. Whoa. Get your mic on there, buddy. New jobs numbers, hundred eighty-seven thousand jobs. Yeah. Economy is still creating jobs. Bidenomics is working. Wages up four four point three percent over the year, which is good. Yep, a uh, little tick for the month. So I mean, there's some good numbers. Yeah. Americans like, still aren't feeling it. Still not giving the president credit. Perception to, gap. Yeah, huge perception gap, which ultimately is what matters in politics. Well, but but here's you know what might change that. About a billion dollars in TV advertising before next uh, November. Where's that money coming from? <laughs> Donors. <laughs> Where are they from? Sandy and I are actually going to talk about this next hour because apparently 61 or 63% of us are living paycheck to paycheck. I love that the Republicans. But people are spending money like nobody's business. So how do those two they things They were cooped jive? up for a year and a half. I don't buy it. I don't buy this paycheck to paycheck. It's, I, the people are making decisions how they spend their money. I like that McCaution's Republican Party is like, oh, yeah, you guys are a big money party. Where's all that money coming from? <laughs> Get out of here. You guys are the party of the rich. Yeah. 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 It's we're, changed. Remember, we're the ones who want them to pay taxes. You're the party that continues to cut taxes for the multimillionaires. Oh, no. We didn't. didn't. We had this conversation earlier. So just to recap, this tax thing in the state of Wisconsin is going to be a breeze, according to both of our guests today. Like a walk in the park. Walk in the park, yes. Yep. Good description. And the Supreme Court thing is going to be a just a, a Disaster. nightmare. Nightmare. Disaster. Yep. 
disaster. Defcon Repub- five on both <laughs> sides. Republicans are choosing their own adventure, which is to lose seventeen out of the next seventeen statewide elections, as opposed to mutual 14, assured destruction. Uh, Here we go. Fourteen out of the last seventeen that they've lost. And so great my, job, everybody. Janet could do the right thing. Recuse. And, and McConnell and Feinstein are too old and should go. Yes, mm-hmm. we yes. agree on that. Um, the McCaution line. And Biden. Did we say Biden? No, no. Yes. Huh? yes. <laughs> no, because the McCaution, yeah, line, the McCaution line has carve outs for Chuck Grassley's and Joe uh, Biden's extraordinary not Joe individuals. Biden. I do not. I'm that with the 77%. Sturdy, that sturdy stuff that gets them through All their right. 80s. Oh. It's time for our grab bag section of this exciting hour. Bill? I'm going to start with Labor Day, the end of summer, but I'm going to give a shout out to people who take a shower after work. The people like my dad who helped build this country from the ground up. And uh, this is your weekend. This is Monday is your day. And I know you're working, Steve, but uh, for all of you who get paid hourly and not by salary, take a shower after work instead of before work. Thank you for everything you do to make this a great country and a great state. We appreciate it. You're here. That's all you got, Joe? Oh, no, I thought you had more. You no, usually, that was it. You usually no, rolling. Well, well, I usually said. do a Jets one, but I did that at the very beginning yeah, of the show. Yeah, I mean, as somebody, the as somebody who used to work the big Labor Day festival down down on the lake for years as a bartender, and I love meeting those folks, the you know, pipe fitters, steam fitters, all those guys and girls, yeah. um, it, it was a, a treat to to meet those folks because those are hardworking people. Walk, they, they don't mess around. Walked by the labor hall of the Longshoremen in San Francisco there in the last go. week. Um Great time in San Francisco. Don't believe what you hear on Fox News, my friends. Uh, San Francisco is a lovely city. What was the best thing about San Francisco that, on your trip? We really liked Alcatraz, but I'm I do such a nerd. I got to tell you, the City Lights bookstore was just famous, bookstore. awesome. Yeah. And sitting down at a bar in Hate Ashbury neighborhood with a whiskey and reading my book while the, everybody else went thrifting <laughs> was like the <laughs> highlight of the trip. Peace and quiet and a book oh, in a bar. I hate Asperger's oh, like the great. old days, yeah, man. Yeah, I right? That smelled like dirt. Did you get to Chinatown? <laughs> we, did, we did get to Chinatown. There was a restaurant. Don't, don't ask me the name. I used to eat at oh, at least once a week. It was so good. Like real stuff. Yeah, it was Real great. stuff. Um, but my actual grab bag is um, a an FYI uh, for parents and uncles and aunts and folks who are attending uh, high school sports this fall. There is a severe shortage of officials for all of the games that we want these kids to be able to play. So the next time you hear a loud, unruly parent or fan of any stripe uh, hollering at officials, uh, you have a couple options. One is, I think the McCaution move here is, hey, shut your pie hole. Uh, <laughs> no, that was Sandy Max. Okay. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm good with that one. But it was a shut your pie hole because there's a shortage and we may not have any games right. to play. Right. The other thing is to encourage them to find an application to become an official and do it themselves if they think they know better than the officials do. Because we want kids to be able to have these experiences and the referee shortage is real and it's a problem. And, you know. Let's, let's let's be better. Let's show some grace if we're in the stands. Let's you know, let's get off our butts and do something about it. You know, once a year I do a. Well, I used to we'll probably do it with Sandy as well. We did a, an hour on the, the shortage of officials, and and we all love going to these games. I, yeah. I live right next to the high school stadium. I see these games all the time. I listen to the bands practice every night, and it's such a part of our culture and our lives. Mm-hmm. And and if you don't have people to officiate these contests. I'm not sure what school districts do because they're already ramping up the pay and there's only so much money. And, and what's happening is, like in southeast Wisconsin, all of the conferences for football have to have one week this year where all the games are on Thursday. So l- last night it was the Woodland Conference where because to balance the official schedules, right. it's supposed to be Friday Night Lights. 
You know, yeah. we're, we're, let's, we're let's end on that. football and wish good luck to the Wisconsin Badgers yeah. and Luke Fickle. They are going to have the largest attendance at a, a a home opener in several years. Really, tomorrow against Buffalo. People are the fans in Madison are pretty stoked about Fickle. And I learned something about the coach: three time state champion wrestler. He only lost three times in his high school career. <laughs> the dude is a fighter, a brawler. Right. I love that about the Wisconsin Badgers. changed the culture. I love it, too. I may actually start watching their games again. You know Greco-Roman wrestling is not MMA, oh, right? stop. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great weekend. Bill McGosh and Joseph Pecky will do it again next Friday. Thanks for listening. Political Power Hour right here on WTMJ. It's WTMJ Now. News, opinions, Wisconsin. Everything you need to know in the Badger State and beyond. Now, here's your hosts, Sandy Max and Steve Scafidi. All right, everybody. That was a great political power hour with Bill McCosh and Joseph Pecky. Sandy, love those guys. Their, their wisdom, their passion, they're not afraid to... Mix it up a little bit. I love all of that. And they will be with you on the next two Fridays when I'm gone with your guest co-host. So that, that'll be fun. Yes. They That's are the best. a fine tradition. No, no reason to break it. No, they are some of the best in the business. I and, and I know I'm, I'm biased, but I, th- I think it's the best political conversation on radio in this community. And I'll keep saying that as long as I'm still doing this. All right. It can either enlighten you or fire you up. There's yes. no reason not to uh, continue that tradition, even while you're using your passport and... Traveling the globe. Yes. And I, it's, it's a kind of a weird thing. And you know, you've traveled internationally. You, you, hit, you get the headlines, but you don't get a lot of the detail that you get when you're just sitting here doing this every day. So I'll know so the big stuff, but then I'll be like bombarded when I come back because I literally get back that Monday the 18th and then we're doing the show the 19th. So it's going to be an interesting whirlwind flood of information coming back. But I'm looking forward to the trip. And uh, I think we have 46 or 47 listeners that are going with. And the weather in Tuscany is absolutely beautiful, so I am looking forward to that trip. All right, this is that is sort of related to what I my take on on a number that I saw, and I, I gleaned this right from the headlines. Uh, CNBC. The headline is this: Sandy, sixty-one percent of Americans are, are living paycheck to paycheck. Inflation is still uh, squeezing budgets. I watched an NBC piece. I think it was NBC. Yes, Lester Holt last night on a, on a similar storyline similar narrative where a family uh was deciding how to like manage their budget given their budgetary restrictions not making more money per se although the numbers are just in and most americans made about four percent more this year than they did last year and 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 there was a slight uptick for august so that's good i guess my problem is when i see and, and not a problem my question is when i see tourist dollars just skyrocketing. People flying everywhere for vacation. S- consumer spending way up again. Credit card debt way up again. I, I at some point, I and I've asked this question before on the old show. I think it's more about people's decisions when it comes to their lifestyles, and less about the paycheck, the paycheck, paycheck thing. Because I think this is my opinion. You can disagree if you want to. I think this is more about the the decisions we make when it comes to the money we make. And if you max out all of those things, if you have, pick one thing, internet, and you got all the movie channels and all that stuff, you're going to have a bill about 300 bucks. Or you could do what I did and cut that. I think you cut the cord as well. You could cut that down about, in my case, 54.99. Or I think if you don't have a 
phone connection to that plan. It's 70 bucks or something. So I think decisions make have more impact on this story than this headline may indicate. Possibly. I Before Clark Howard retired, wonderful down-to-earth financial advisor and radio personality, I really enjoyed listening to him because some of his, some of his theories uh, and practices were easy to apply. And one of them was live within your means. Yeah. Because I'm a big fan of different kinds of cars. And boy, would I love to have a new car every year. I like Volkswagens. I like the minis. I'd like to maybe try an electric vehicle. But it's like, okay, I'm just going to use the machine I have. It's a 2014 machine and just get the most out of it. I don't impress people when I drive up to their house. It's okay. But this machine gets me from where I need to go to, you know, where I need to be. Would I like a, a nicer car sometimes? Sure. But I don't need one. And I can see how expensive that is to have a car payment for a new car. So I live within my means in that area in particular. I also was a fan of Clark Howard. I think his advice, I mean, sometimes he went a little crazy. He was, he was dry cleaning his own stuff in his bathtub. And, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go to the dry cleaner and pay the bill. But, I mean, I get, you can be frugal and you can be crazy <laughs> yeah, yeah. frugal, Well, right? that's, why, that's why I was pointing out that one. But, but just the simple of live within your means. It is very easy, I think, to get swept up depending on your other family members or the kind of work that you do and kind of keeping up with those people. Would you be sheepish pulling up in the parking lot in your dented 2014 car? Or mm-hmm. do you feel the pressure to kind of keep up with other people in your circle and in your sphere? So I fully understand how it's easy to spend more money in in certain ways. Sure. Or I mean, you feel like you deserve it. I want to go out for dinner. Sure. Dang it. I don't feel like cooking tonight, nor do I have the energy to go grocery shopping. Let's go out and spend... 120 bucks on a nice dinner and wine instead of spending that 120 bucks on groceries that'll last you a couple of weeks. So I think it's, and I, and I agree, I think it's about decisions. So here's my question for all of you, 855-616-1620. You hear the number, 61%. That's a big chunk of the population, apparently living paycheck to paycheck. I would argue, though, and I think there's some evidence to support that, that the decisions we make are putting some of these people in those situations. I mentioned one, internet cable. Sandy mentioned, you know, I'd love to have a Corvette, too. But the only vehicle I actually pay for is from 2011, and I haven't had a car payment on that, a truck payment on that thing since, like, 2016 or 2015. So those are choices we make. Would I love to have a brand-new F-150? Sure. But I see the price tag of it. And I'll look it up during the break. I think it's somewhere around $780 or $800, the average car payment in this country. Yeah. I've never had one close to that. So when you start adding those things together, here's another one. And we may talk about this in in greater detail later. The decision to get the brand new fancy smartphone every time the new model comes out, new edition. Is that necessary? Do you need the the pro version versus what I get just the standard model of 14 versus 14 pro? I'm I'm I take pictures with mine. They look fantastic. <laughs> I'm not a photographer. Do I need a pro? Those decisions I think weigh for me weigh on this story. And I, at some point, we should ask ourselves, and this is where I need your, your thoughts, 855-616-1620, are we making the best decisions in this country? And I'm not kidding. I talk to a lot of travel people because we travel a lot. There are more people traveling than before the pandemic. It's crazy. I believe this Labor Day weekend in particular is higher than 2019, which was the record. Yeah. So the amount of people traveling and in all forms choices we make 
when you when you throw numbers around, hard numbers like that, 61% living paycheck to paycheck, is that by their spending habits and not necessarily because they're not making enough or their employer's not paying enough? That's what I want to talk about. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talking text line. Join us in the conversation. We'll continue that after this. All right, are we spending too much? Is this causing this paycheck to paycheck endless crisis of budget in this country? I say yes. Just just for a baseline. I looked it up. I was a little bit high on my average cost of a vehicle. It is about almost 600 bucks. Average cost of a new vehicle in the country, monthly payments. Um, and I think this one's low. TV and internet, average bundle about 142. I would say if you're getting it for 200, you're, you're probably closer to reality. Uh, monthly budget, four people in a household for food, almost $900. Here's another one, and I mentioned this before the break. You decide to get the fancy new iPhone every time it comes out. This is the 14. This is not even the 15. 14 Pro, 1600 bucks. You're not a photographer. <laughs> The regular one takes really good pictures. I go on trips and I take tons of pictures with my regular iPhone, not the Pro. People go, those are amazing pictures. They're good enough to stick in a book that we make on every trip that we take. Christy joins us from Racine. Hi, Christy. Hi, how are you? I'm good. What do you think? So I absolutely agree with you. I think people, it's a hard pill for them to swallow that you actually have to budget. The only way you're going to make it is by budgeting. You don't need the best of everything, and you don't have to have it all. Things can wait, like that fast food. It's cheaper to go grocery shopping, which I'm heading there to do right now. There's so many things. I was laid off, and uh, we're a family of five, three kids, husband, and we made it work. We had to get new windows, so you have to save for that rainy day. People just, they want to live for the moment. I don't think they realize that that's the important part. Yeah, I mean, and you, you said you said you said friends and family. So how do those conversations go? Do they acknowledge that, or they just say, "Well, we'll do what we want. We'll, we're not going to listen to you." Uh, they basically say we're going to do what we want, and it's hit several of them on very hard times. We budgeted, and with me not working until my kids went to school, we have now paid off our mortgage in sixteen years, and we don't have any car payments. No, we don't have the best cards, but they're reliable. So we just try and show by. Look at our example, not by, you know, pushing it on them, just by look at what's going with us. We're making it work. Christy Clark Howard would love you. (laughs) He would absolutely love you because you're doing the right thing. Thanks for the call, Christy. I mean, that's a real life story. I mean, I I don't know how somebody said in a text I just got, that's being mean to people. How's it being mean? Budgeting is important. I budget. I get mad when I see new bills pop up. I don't like bills, right? I try to have less bills. I try to manage the bills I have. I famously had a war for three years on this show, my old show, where I went after TV and internet service providers. I told the story of how I thought they were ripping me off and the hour-long conversations that I went through with these folks, often in different countries, to knock that charge down for TV and internet, and it worked, but it was painful, and and ultimately I said, I'm not doing this anymore, and I knocked my total cost for TV and internet to less than 100 bucks. That's being a responsible consumer. When I when we started this conversation, I, this didn't come to mind. But now I'm remembering a former coworker of mine who, when I told her I was going to England for two weeks, I was going to see the Harry and Meghan wedding. I stood on the long walk in Windsor to watch them ride by in a carriage. It was a choice, and I spent some time in London visiting other friends. Um, but she was like, "I hate you 
must be so nice to travel. She literally said that. She said, I hate you. I said, whoa. I said, well, I'll tell you what, you really never find yourself with two weeks free and 2000 bucks in your pocket. I budgeted. I shot, I got a budget airline. It was like, I looked ahead. I wanted to do it. I found out in November the date of the wedding. So I saved from November to May. Like, I, I encourage you to do the same. If you have a dream to go to Greece or Israel or Africa or to Tennessee to see your family, you know, plan and set aside money and budget. But she was just so disgusted by me. But you know what her choices are? She loves to shop. She's a shoe gal. She always came dressed to the nines. It's like you choose how to spend. Like mm-hmm. you're happy every day because you look like a million bucks, even if you shopped on bargain sites, but like that's how you enjoy spending your money. Don't be mad at me that this is how I enjoy Isn't spending that crazy money. Like that she's I'm not mad, mad at, you? at you that you look great yeah. every day. It's like you make choices, so be be happy in the choices of how you spend your money. And if you aren't making enough money, and you feel like you're going paycheck to paycheck, you know, are there side hustles? Are there are there ways you know that you can yeah. can make more money? Because I I. There's a lot of help wanted signs out, but I know it's not all high paying money. And you even said, you know, are we blaming, should we blame, or you were skeptical about blaming people and companies and businesses for not paying enough. And I do think that's a serious issue. Sure. Because I've talked about on, on my old show, the fact that CEOs are just getting astronomical salaries. And and I I don't want to offend CEOs, many who are, I've had on the show over the years. Well, it's not a blanket statement, but, but it just it is. When you look at the percentages, right, the ratio of your salary versus your employees, it has gotten completely at thousands of times different than it used to be. And I also worked at a company where they didn't believe in an annual review or raise. Which is insane You to only me. got a raise if your job title changed. I was I, appalled by that. Yeah. I still worked there because I wanted the job, but I was appalled that that, not even a cost of living raise. Yeah. Nothing. Uh, we got phone calls. We got text. Here's a great point before we go to break here. Um, and I, I, I do kind of put some stock in this, and maybe this behavioral change is due to COVID from the 9 to oh, COVID changed behaviors to short-term behaviors more than long-term, especially when it comes to experiences and travel. Maybe it's the kind of the life's too short thing. Could that be it? Maybe. But, YOLO. Yeah. YOLO and FOMO put together. Yeah, yeah. It's like... I'm not going to wait. I want to do this stuff. And, you know, one of the decisions that my wife and I, first of all, we save for our trips, which is something that we've, we've always done. But we, we, we decide years ahead, this is what we're going to do. And then we plan for it. We don't just say tomorrow, let's go to Greece. Mm-hmm. That was a two and a half year, three year proposition. You save up little bits. And, you know, I remember remember the little savings accounts you could get at the bank, right? Where you, you were saving for Christmas or you're saving for a car. Christmas club. But yeah, a little set aside, <laughs> right? But, I, that's, but that's the good practice. There are also recommendations, pay yourself first. Yes. You know, which is why I get into a 401k as early as you can if you have a full-time job in your 20s. It does add up. Absolutely. Save, save, save. All right, so John's on the line. We'll, we'll take a break here. Lots of great texts. We'll uh, continue the conversation 61% of Americans living paycheck to paycheck. I say some of that is self-created problems when it comes to budgeting, but we'll entertain your thoughts as well. Quick break here on WTMJ Now. It all comes down to money. And uh, when we have 61% CNBC reports, 61% of Americans living paycheck to paycheck, I think there's a problem. So there, there's two ways you can fix this, right? You make more money. And whatever, and whatever that involves, and somebody sent me a great stat that I'll try to pull up quickly here in a second. Um, or you cut your expenses, the things you pay for, and you plan better, and budgeting is certainly part of that. I would argue that most people don't budget at all. John joins us from Bloomfield. Hi, John. Welcome to the show. Good morning. 
Hi, how are you? Good. Good morning. I uh, I called in. I was talking to your producer. I, I retired at 57 and a half. I'm 59 now. And I was brought up by children of depression where you worked hard, you saved your money, and you lived beneath your means. Mm-hmm. And you were going to be okay. People don't do that now. I agree with they, that. They want a they want a three thousand square foot house, not a thirteen hundred square foot house, or five thousand. They, they yes, well, what, yeah, well, whatever. I mean, they want top of the line everything to start out with. It, it doesn't work that way, John. It, are, it, it won't. Well, I was say, John, are you endo- enjoying your retirement now? Do you feel that you saved I, enough I so you can enjoy it? Yes, I. And I'll tell you, I I went through a divorce twenty three years ago. I paid well over a thousand a month for child support at the time, and I was—I'm a, a ditch digger. That's what I was. Hmm. Uh, I helped my wife now that I'm married to pay for her house, and I paid for my own. President mortgage. Biden is expected to deliver all. remarks on the. Yeah, we got to cut you off there, Jenkins. We had a little little audio issue there, but I mean, John, I think speaks for a lot of people of his generation. And the the thing that I took away, he retired when he was fifty-seven because he was frugal. Now. I also know people that are, are really, really frugal and have no fun. They're like, you know, yeah, no that's fun no folks. way to live. <laughs> Don't live your life like that. There's a balance. But the biggest tool, and again, I'm not a financial guy, but I certainly respect like Dave Spano, who's on the show every Monday, uh, Tuesday next week because of the holiday, um, and also the host of Money Talk. When they tell you simply, what is your plan? That's the question they ask. What's your plan? What do you, what do you want to accomplish? Do you want to travel? If not, what do you want to spend your money? Do you want a lake house? Do you want to just live comfortably and retire early? Those are the questions I ask you. So the plan makes sense. And when I'm thinking about all of this stuff, yes, I'm not disputing the 61%. I believe I think it could be higher than that. People who don't plan and they get in trouble when they have all of a sudden, I got handed a bill for my truck two weeks ago that was $2,600. That's, a, that's a, not an expected expense, but you pay it because you plan for these things. Rome joins us from, hey, Panama City Beach, Florida, right, Rome? Yes, sir. Good morning. How are you guys doing this morning? Good, good. How's Florida? Florida's lovely. Uh, I'm here with my lovely wife of uh, 45 years celebrating our anniversary as well as her recent retirement. There you go. Happy anniversary and retirement. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. She's right here sitting back listening. Uh, But, uh, you know, we are... we're not rich by any means. We're, you know, just people that worked hard and tried to do the right things. Uh, I could have saved a lot more, but I had a lot of fun. So we kind of, you know, it's, uh, you know, 50-50 with that. But uh, otherwise, in terms of uh, just happy to be able to uh, stop working and enjoy life a little bit, you know. I love it. Thanks Thanks for the long-distance call from yeah. Panama City Beach, Florida. I, I, it's nice to see that rewarded. I'm reminded that my boyfriend used to say that his dad said, there's a time to be frugal, and there's the time to spend money like a drunken sailor. So it's knowing when those times are. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nothing against sailors. Or getting drunk. Uh, somebody... He served in the Navy. He, I think he was allowed to say that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if He deserved serve... some of that sailor behavior. If you serve, you can uh, certainly um, say whatever you want. Uh, one, one of the, I, didn't, I couldn't find the text. It's got a ton of text coming in. Um, but it was basically that most half the population is making less than like $35,000 a year. And I'm not disputing that. But here's, the, here's the, the equation for me. If your bottom line, if your income is 35000 your mission statement of life should be to make sure that number goes up every year or at least look at ways, whether that's a side hustle, second job, different job, different career, 
education, train, vocational training, trades, whatever that is, it's on you to bring that number up. And then that will improve your budgeting situation. And also, who teaches budgeting? You know, there used to be a class called Home Ec, yeah. Home Economics in school. We got a text from 414 on the old National Bank talking text line 855-616-1620. And 414 texted in, budgeting should be taught in public schools like Home Economics. It took me until age 28 to start budgeting. So who do you learn that from? Do you learn it from your parents? I think so. But now in this day and age, so few people manage a checkbook. It used to be a tangible handwritten thing. A chart that yeah. you would write in your deposits and your, and, and you could see how, that number. Now it's all on the app. I don't, you know, it was a lot easier to show somebody how to balance a budget and keep track of your checkbook when it was in your hands. Yeah, you and just, just show it. Now I think it's a little more, a little different. I would argue on your it's easier app. now because I did both. I did the old paper one and the. But I, I just mean, I, but showing like yeah. you showing your grandson Max. Hey, here's how here's how you keep track of your money. Yeah. You you point and click. <laughs> it's a yeah. little different. And I'm probably weird. I look at my, my bank every day. I'm, I'm at ECU, as I've talked about during our, our live reads there. Um, and I, I look every day. Here's the chart. Here's what I spent today. Here's my balance. Here's where my money is. And I do, do this every day. One, to make sure there's no fake charges or you know someone trying to scam me. And two, just to know where my, my, my current budget situation is. And that's something that my dad, my dad, he was the old paper guy, right? Writing every one of those transactions down. Mm-hmm. And to your point about schools, I know that it's starting to come back because the state legislature actually started to say, you know what, we, we should probably push kids back in that direction of learning these tools. Because financial responsibility is a gift to be given to help people understand that and also manage their money better in the future. Especially when 61% of the population says they're living paycheck to paycheck. All right. We got to play some virtual baseball sponsored by Selling Unlimited. We need two callers, 855 616 one six twenty. We've got a treat today because Brandon Snide, big time sports guy, is going to play along, help us through our efforts today. So we'll do that after the break. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Two contestants for virtual baseball. You'll win a prize package if you're a winner, but you have a chance to win a five hundred dollar gift card. I'll say it again: five hundred dollar gift card from the great folks at Siding Unlimited. I see the phone lines heating up. We'll do that after this on WTMJ Now. Rain or shine, grab your bat and let's play ball. It's time for Virtual Baseball, brought to you by Siding Unlimited on WTMJ Now. All right, I ask you delivered. Joining us on the phone line, first up, Colleen from East Troy. Hi, Colleen. Hi, how are you? I am good on this uh, Friday. We can play some baseball. Your opponent's going to be Roger. We'll hear from Roger in a second. But Colleen from East Troy, we want to know about you. Give us your uh, 30-second bio. Well, I am just enjoying summer. I'm enjoying listening to the Brewers and watching them play. Last night, we went over to the Sheboygan County Fair and enjoyed that. Got some fried corn, and I'm just enjoying summer right now. Hoping you are, it lasts a little bit longer. You are li- there you go. And it will, according to the weather forecast. So you are living life, Colleen, from East Troy. Let's meet your opponent today in virtual baseball, Roger from Waterford. Hi, Roger. How are you doing? Good. What do I need to know about Roger from Waterford? What's your uh, what's your mo? Well, uh, still working, uh, enjoying Brewer baseball all summer. Um, looking forward to retirement pretty soon. All right, we're just talking about that about issue. That. Yeah, love to have you on board. 
So imagine us strolling up to home plate, American Family Field. We are about ready to get the ground rules. And giving a special guest today, giving us the ground rules, is the former producer of this program and my former program, and now big-time sports guy, Brandon Snide. He's going to be the uh, in the role of the umpire. What's the rules here? Ground rules, Brandon? You, I, th- I should have them memorized by now, shouldn't I? <laughs> you should, yes. Well, but we're going to go right into these <laughs> wonderful rules here on the uh, Virtual Baseball Friday. Each of you get two separate highlights. There's a home team and there's an away team. Colleen, you are the home team calling from East Troy. And Roger, you are the away team calling from Waterford. Each of you get a separate set of highlights. Each of them are uh, numbered 1 through 10. You get five selections. And after those five selections, we only record the hit in the highlight, not the runs scored in the highlight. Something to listen to. When I play the highlight after those five swings, the number of runs tallied becomes your final score. And if there is a tie, the home team, in this case, Colleen, calling from beautiful East Troy, you get to try to walk it off. You are always the first caller, so you get your choice of walking it off or going home a loser. All right. Those are the ground rules. It's laid out by Brandon Snide. Colleen, you'll have to listen to Roger because he's the away team. He bats first. Roger, 10 possible picks. What's your first choice? Let's go with number three. Number three. Number three, Sal Fraley. The pitch. Line drive left field. Down and into the corner. A chance to score all three. Two for sure. Santana scores. Uh, that's a good start. Got right. a double. Double there, man yep. on second base. Runner in a scoring position, as they say. Uh, thanks, Jeff Levering. All right, Roger, pick number two. Uh, number four. Number four, we'll go with William Contreras. Tyone's 1-1 pitch. Ground ball through the left side and into left field. Yelich turns third. He's headed for home. And Wild... All right. So, Roger, that means you have runners at the corner, first and third, two runners on base. Would be a good time to find a home run. There's two of them on the board. (laughs) It's out there. What's your third selection? Let's go with number eight. Number eight, we have Mark Canna. 3-2 3-2 coming. Line drive, shallow left, base hit. Boom. Two runs Got one. scores. All right. For third Adamas. Put another quarter in the All right. Round. Just ticking off those little base hits. So we've got a runner in now. Runners at first and second. Roger has, has plated a run, so he's up one zip. Two more at-bats. Two on. What's your fourth pick? Number seven. Number seven, Rowdy Telez. The 1-1 to Telez. Breaking ball, hammered out to right center field. Long run for Grisham at the track. Get back there. Go! Oh, is that a home run? Got it. Oh, got it. Roger puts a four spot, and he's still got one left, one at bat left. Well done, Roger. Three-run homer there. And there's still another home run out there. Yes. Yeah, so, Roger, what's your fifth and final selection, knowing that you already have four across the plates? Let's go number 10. Number Number 10. 10. Number 10, we have Carlos Santana. Barlow throws. Line down the right field line, a fair ball. Heads towards the corner as Tatis digs it up. All right, so Roger, Roger, Roger. Four runs, very, very I don't think he recorded an out. No, he had all hits, which is impressive because there's outs in there. Roger, well done, sir. Four runs. On the scoreboard, Colleen, you know what you have to do. You have to score four to get to extra innings or five, which is the most you can score, to walk Roger off. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. There we go. Colleen, what's your first pick? 
I'm going to go with lucky number seven. Lucky number seven brings you Rowdy Tellez. Wilson at the belt, the pitch. Swing and a drive down the right field line. It is off the wall. <laughs> there we go. What a call. In. Here comes Terang. We're tied 4-4. Thank you, Jeff. So just like Roger, Colleen starts it off with a two-bagger. Runner in scoring position already. What's your second selection? Num- number one. Number one is going to bring you Mark Canna. 0-2 pitch. Canna okay. lines it off of the glove of Hendricks, who Ooh. picks it up and will toss to All right, first now, out of the game. Yes, now <laughs> it gets interesting. Now the best you can do is tie. So what's your third pick? I'm going to go with number six. Number six, Willie Damas. Scoring-wise. Rips one to left. That ball is hooking. It is fair just inside the chalk. <laughs> All right. It bangs and goes to the fence. In from third is Contreras. As they say, cooking with gas. One run in. Runner in scoring position. Two at-bats left. If you uh, do this the right way, you can tie Roger. Take us to extra innings. What's your fourth pick, Colleen? Number three. Number three, Mark Canna. 2 <laughs> pitch. And can a high fly ball deep left. Half his back. Uh oh. Track. Wall. Oh, Colleen. Bye bye baseball. All right, so here's the scenario, Colleen. <laughs> You've scored three runs. Roger had four. You have one more at bat. There's one more home run on the board. So if you pick the right number, you can tie it, which takes us to extra innings. So pick carefully. What's your fifth pick? All right. I'm hoping it's going to be number four. Number four is Christian Yelich. The pitch. Yelich, a chopper to first. It's a fair ball, and it eats up Young. Oh, you better hope he runs all the way around the bases. He might. Contreras is around third. Yelich around second. He's Uh still going. And he is going to be into third. Six to two. Colleen, you almost got that fourth run. Colleen, thanks for playing virtual baseball. Thank you. And enjoy the nice summer weather. I know you said you were going to be out and about. Roger, well done, sir. Roger calling from Waterford. You scored four runs. Colleen had three. You are the winner of a WTMJ prize package, which may or may not include all kinds of fun stuff. Well, I know it does have some fun stuff in. You never know what's going to be in that thing. And even the bigger story here, Roger, you'll now be entered in our first September drawing for a chance to win a $500 gift card. Thanks to the folks at Siding Limited. How are you feeling right now, Roger? Pretty good. All right. Stay on the line. Producer Brandon will get all your important information. Take us to break, Brandon. Broadcast booth here. (laughs) They almost came all the way in. Yeah. Waiting on Tippy Hedren. She was in there, too. See her walking by here, we'll be in trouble. So glad that I have Google because I had to Google Tippy Hedren and now I know she was in the birds. Yes. Text cleanup from our conversation earlier about uh, this number, startling number that 61% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. I saw the story on both NBC News and CNBC.com, and I'm not questioning the number. I think it's probably accurate. It may even be worse than that. I'm questioning how we got in this mess, and lots of textures on this. I can't possibly read all of them, but uh, this is an interesting one from the 920. 
Um, Steve, I heard a saying years ago that is true. The richest person is not the one that has the most, but the one that requires the least. It's an interesting saying. Um, there's a uh, sheep's game sheep's head. And there's a term leaster, right? I'm not saying I want you to live a leaster life. <laughs> I want you to live the life you want to live. And if budgeting helps you do that, which is kind of what financial planners do, and anybody who works in the in the world of finance will tell you, having a plan is probably the best way to accomplish that. And and I, and I get the sense, especially the NBC story last night, when I'm hearing people saying out loud on a network television station that they're paying $800 for their car payment or $300 for their cable and internet or whatever it is for the phone. Those are choices you make. You don't have to make those choices. You don't need an $800 car. You can buy a used car. Average used car payment's like $375. So you've cut that in half. Mm -hmm. Those are choices you make. And I'm someone who's bought a lot of used cars in my life. I like them. And obviously a responsible dealer that, that sells them, pre-owned vehicles that is, is the, the term now. But there's choices you make. And I, and I don't, I think we, when we try to make this just about people aren't making enough or inflation's killing us, we have a role to play in this, we being consumers. Those are factors, yes. Nobody wants to see runaway inflation. It, it does really nail you, especially when you're paying, what was it? Eight bucks for a dozen eggs at one point. Sure. Yeah, but there was reasons for that. We were in a pandemic. We had issues with uh, the bird flu that you know raised all those prices. But that's come back. Gas prices, as I said the other day, may be below three dollars by the end of the year. That's a little more relief. Yeah. You know. So there's choices we make. And how do you learn this? And you know, I would encourage you if you uh, have not budgeted well. Quick Google search of budget. We'll give you some handy tips. Uh, but Art texted in on the old National Bank talking text line 855-616-1620 that the McWanago School District does have real-life budgeting as a course for middle school kids. I love that. So, I, Yeah. Uh, anything to help build good habits in your early years is good and can hopefully carry on into your adult years. Here's another one. Stephen Sandy, I was once more than 58000 in just credit card debt. Wow. And was not living paycheck to paycheck. I was living hour by hour trying to pay it off. I, I fought myself back with extra work and sacrificed to the point now that I only have two installment bills for upgrading doors in my home and new furniture. Both are interest-free, and that would be paid off when the, the interest-free time is over. I own a commercial property, home, vacation home, and hunting property with no other debt. Takes a lot of work and sacrifice, but we made it. Without budgeting, I wouldn't have had anything. Yeah. Another, a plan. Another inspiring story from the old National Bank talking text line, 855-616-1620. From 414 Sandy and Steve, years ago, I had a home care patient who was disabled and had a disabled son. Their combined income was about $1,000 a month, and the mom could have taught budgeting to anyone. They did not have a rent assistance. They did, they did have Medicaid. The freezer was always full of food. The rent was paid on time. The utilities were paid on time. And there was always extra money in the house for emergencies. I offered, I, excuse me, I often wondered... And it was amazing how she budgeted for everything. This was a woman with a third grade education. So it's those are the simplest finances of if it's <laughs> if it's not if it's not coming in, then don't spend it. You know, I love those stories because they suggest that, that again, that person had a plan. And, and, you know, one of the great pieces of advice I got when I started my first real job, which was in 1984 after I graduated from UWM and I and I went to Florida and, and we had a choice as a new employee. And now we had a pension, full pension at the time, Ooh. but we also were offered a 401k. Oh, wow. I said, I'll take the 401k and I'll, you know, whatever pension we have. Well, you know, fast forward 20 some years, they, they axed half of the pension, but the decision to have a 401k was 
tremendously beneficial in my current lifestyle and my future lifestyle. Let's just say that. But I, I worked with people who said, guys just like me, women just like me, who said, well, why do I need a 401k? I have a pension. Well, that decision probably cost them some comfortability later in life, I can imagine, because pensions aren't guaranteed. They can chop them in half. They can get rid of them completely. And that's the risk of that. So 401ks were a lifesaver. we got to take a break here. Uh, we'll tease ahead for the uh, next hour. we got two great guests. Talk some Badgers. Yeah. And with our pal Libby Collins, our teammate on Sunday, host of Weekend Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. All that's coming up. Quick break. It's WTMJ Now. News. Opinions. Wisconsin. Everything you need to know in the Badger State and beyond. Now, here's your hosts, Sandy Max and Steve Scafidi. I think that's our cue to start talking. I'm Steve, the Sandy, alongside an, and our pal, teammate, fun person, Libby Collins. Hi, Libby. Always yeah. good to be here with you guys. Great day to start a long holiday weekend. Yeah. I mean, this is being here with you guys. Squeezing oh, up. I see what you're saying. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I was like, squeezing out <laughs> summer you. and enjoying. I thought you were going a different direction. No, no, no. I, I, on Fridays before a long weekend, you want it to be a fun day because not everybody's working. And we're working, so we have to, you know, kind of move it up here. I haven't wandered around the, the upstairs much since the show started. Are there less people here today? It appears so. So everybody did the long the weekend. The long the extra, weekend, The yeah. work from home thing. Yeah. Well, I get it. Or, or, you know, take that PTO paid time off you can do that too for all of you in radio land or the, on the watching in the stream or youtube or wherever you're watching wherever you're consuming our great program wtmj now libby is the host of wisconsin weekend morning news and also conversations I which am? is a fantastic hour of local radio by the way thank you so much i appreciate you saying it and usually we're on sun sundays at 11 but the brewers get underway a little bit early this week mm-hmm. so we're going to join you tomorrow morning at 5 o'clock in the morning. Now, I know not everybody's up at 5. I get up at 5.30. I can catch the last half hour. Well, that's that's good. Or, of course, you know, as we always talk, Sandy, you can always go to our website at WTMJ.com. So on these early mornings, we're doing some of our best of shows. And one of the best conversations we've done in a long time is with Milwaukee's own Brett Newski. And I know you are a huge fan. One of my favorite, favorite musicians discovered him about 10 years ago. At, I want to say, Brady Street Festival. Um, and just a smart lyricist, a clever, down-to-earth fella, but really quite profound. And his career has evolved into illustration and book writing and trying to help other people be a good human because he's been open about his uh, struggles with anxiety. And as a performer, that can magnify itself. But he's just a really creative gift to our Milwaukee area and he, a great representative of Wisconsin. And he doesn't play... In this area that often. I mean, he just came back from a European tour. I think he was in Australia. He's going back to South Africa and to, I think, uh, he was France big, and all kinds of places. He travels literally all over the world a and big plays. couch surfer that has taken his adventures and performances everywhere from Argentina to oh. South Korea to Central America. He's a really interesting, interesting fella. So this should be a very good conversation that even I have not caught up on yet at WTMJ.com, but I knew you had spoken with Brett. Uh, and, and he's such a nice guy. And That's you, the other thing. Is I, I had a little crush on him. <laughs> I mean, he is. He, first of all, he's adorable. He really is. Good-looking guy. A little young for me, but, and I am Honest. married. 
But I'll tell you, he, he's just charming. And when you talk to him, you realize how down-to-earth he is. But the amazing thing is he's played um, with a lot of very famous groups. And I asked him about that. You've played with the Pixies, Violent Femmes. Tell me about that. Well, the Violent Femmes, the local music writer, Piet Levy, he sent my record like probably like seven or eight years ago to Brian Ritchie, the bass player, who lives in Tasmania of all places, and then he ended up liking it, and he got us in touch, and we started having like an email conversation, and eventually they're like, hey, you want to do these shows with us in California? And then like, it went pretty well, and they're like, hey, do these shows with us in the Midwest. I think touring with any like massive band is just such a luxury, because there's no pressure on you, you know? It's like you're not the headliner, so you don't have to sell all the tickets, there's already people going to be there, and you just get up on stage, you let it rip for 30 or 45 minutes, and you get a nice green room, you have a Coca-Cola or a Paps Blue Ribbon or whatever, and then sell some merch, and that's kind of it. Whereas, like, if you're doing your own shows and touring and headlining, like, pressure's on us for those shows. I, I love, I love, not necessarily his voice, his tone and attitude oh, are awesome. I'm he, telling just you. Just from that little clip, I picked that up. He really is, and I think when you listen to him and how thoughtful he is in his answers, and no ego, which I love, because a lot of performers, as we all know, sometimes they can't get in the door because they have such huge, huge egos, but he's not one of them. He's just a really nice, down-to-earth guy who's playing this Sunday at Hart Park. Yes, at TOSA, uh, at their uh, Labor of Love Music Festival, who'll be performing on Sunday afternoon. And I, I just love that Brett Newski is a quality human being. Yes. He he's good energy. Yeah. That's interesting that you say that. Good energy. Because his music conveys that. Describe his music. Um, it's a little bit alt rock, I'd say. Um, I it's but the, his latest song, which by the way we had Brett on Sunday this past Sunday morning, and because uh, he's got a new album out, he's got new songs too. But it's that one's a little bit more rock. But I think we got one of. Here we go. This we is go. one of my favorites. It's called Dirt. <laughs> from about 10 years ago but this is a acoustic but not folky but got a punky energy yeah yeah i would say that's probably the best way to describe it and uh like we said he's got some new music out i know he's going to be playing that on sunday morning or I, i'm sorry on sunday afternoon at uh in tosa but i would certainly encourage i've got to think uh you learned a few things from young buck brett newski as he shares world travels, and, and he's another great example, talking about Brian Ritchie of Violent Femmes, of how our local musicians, even as they get more and more successful, very supportive community here of creatives oh. in Wisconsin. And I, that keeps giving me energy and heartens me that these collaborations keep happening, and as other bands get successful, they're, re they're reaching a hand up to bring other people with them. Which is wonderful that they help everybody and kind of mentor them. So, but again, that's uh, going to be tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. And if by any chance it's a little early for you or mm -hmm. you're like Steve, you get up at 5.30, you <laughs> want to hear the whole conversation, we do have it posted at WTMJ.com with a lot of other people in the music business we've, talk we've talked to over the last couple of years, including Don McLean. You know, he had that sure. little song. Mr. American I didn't Dive. hear that one, so I'm, I'm oh. actually, actually anxiously looking forward to oh, that. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's on the website, yes. so you can go back and you can hear how that song came about. And we talked to him at the 50th anniversary of American Pie. So we got a question for you on the old National Bank talking text line. Oh, boy, I'm in trouble.
No, ask Libby if she will go on a trip with Rose Gray. Oh. Interesting. We're talking about traveling because I'm traveling. You're going to be traveling. Yeah, Sandy's yeah. going to be traveling. We're, traveling. we're traveling independently because we're <laughs> yeah. going to be visiting friends and uh, staying at a place that my cousin owns. So, yeah. But I'd love to go on a trip with Rose Gray. That'd be great fun. I will be doing that in, in a week. I, I know you're going to Italy. Can you imagine Italy, Tuscany, and Rose Gray? Oh, oh my gosh. In Tuscany? How, what are you looking forward to eating most? Um, just everything. Because <laughs> it's, it's called food and wine, and it's really that, it's, it's the cuisine and the taste of Italy. So we're going we're gonna to learn to, to bake bread and, and all the great delicacies and all the great food, make pasta, all that stuff, and then we're going to eat it. Oh. We have dinners together with the group. There's like just 47 or 46 people. And everything's got to be farm to table, oh, which is going to be, be amazing. You, know, you, you asked me about the experience. So what I'm most looking forward to, so I grow tomatoes and it's harvest season here. Yeah. I want to go because we're going to a couple farms and see how they do it. Because that's really the epicenter of tomato production, right? If you, go, it, yeah. you buy tomatoes at the store, you're getting them from Italy. Probably. Wouldn't it be interesting, though, to see if the flavor of the tomatoes that are grown there fresh off the vine is different than what we have in Wisconsin. Definitely different because their soil is volcanic and we don't have that. So that's probably one. But I do grow some of the same varieties and I think they're fantastic. But that's what I want to find out about. Are you canning yet? Yes, we're about 55 jars in on our way to about 100. Whoa. Matter of fact, this afternoon I'll probably have to pick. Oh boy. Yeah, it's a big process. Yeah. Libby Collins always... You must have like a farm in your backyard. No, it's not on my home site. It's a different place. Oh. Oh, you have to travel to get your tomatoes. Six and a half miles away. Mm-hmm. You better get a big pickup truck. <laughs> I have one, an F-150. <laughs> all right, Libby Collins, we look forward to all of these kind of like greatest hits yeah. of these great conversations. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Uh, we'll do it again next week. Well, at least Sandy will. I'll be gone in Tuscany. Well, what do they say? Arrivederci. Yes. I got to. I got to work on Ciao, my Italian. I got to work on my Ciao. Italian. I've never been there before. I know about ten words. None of them dirty. All right, Libby Collins. Look forward to conversations early five a.m. Tomorrow, tomorrow morning. morning. All right, let's let's go to break with a little of that music, shall we? You want it perfect, but you're already now. You want it perfect, but you're already now. Oh, oh. I got some flaws buried in my TMJ now. Oh, yes. Whipping through this Friday show and big weekend for a lot of people. Do you have big plans for the weekend? Oh, baby. You know, I love my live music. We were just talking about Brett Newski, who you can hear on WTMJ Conversations tomorrow morning. Uh, we're about to tell you about another live music performance that you can win tickets to. Mm-hmm. And I am starting my Labor Day weekend off tonight in Chicago outside with my favorite band in the whole wide world, Duran Duran. Tonight? Yes. Yes. Where, where outside? On the lakefront. Uh, Huntington Bank Pavilion. Used to be Northerly Island. I didn't realize that because that's oh, your yeah. band. Oh, yeah. You got to be geeked. I'm I'm very so, happy. Are you literally zooming <laughs> out of here on your way to Chicago? I have a few things to take care of on the way. Wow. And then, uh, yeah. And then my mom uh, lives in Chicago, so I get to spend some time with her and may catch best. up with some other friends. But, That's the best. Yeah. It's. Uh, but yeah, I was a little worried about weather, wondering if it was going to rain on my parade, as it were. But, no. But uh, no. Going to be a beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. summer night. I'll be 20th row, screaming and hollering Not and bad. jumping up and down. And 
So do you have a song that you must hear from Duran Duran every time you see them? <laughs> not every time. I have some favorites. This is not going to mean much to anybody, but they have a new album out, and there's a song called Anniversary that I love that they don't always have on the set list, but the last time I saw them, they played Anniversary, but they really can do no wrong. I'm, they have so many songs. Yeah. If you think about Duran Duran's career, that they're to the point now where inevitably you're disappointed that they didn't play some hit. Yeah. Well, you're always disappointed because they can't play everything. But I've seen them so many times. And yeah. the last time I saw them was their induction in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Los Angeles last November. And that was just epic. So I'm not ranking them or looking them looking for them to supersede the two shows I saw last year. I just want to enjoy them and their music. And they're just, they've had a great year. They have a great and they have a new album coming out yeah. next month called Dance Macabre. Which is pr pretty cool, actually. You think about new albums at, at, at their stage of their career. What, what I love about Duran Duran, I've never seen them. Their sound is amazing. Yes, it just it sounds mm -hmm. like, like soundtrack of life stuff, you know? Yep. Quick story, because we've got to do the Diana Ross thing. Yeah. Um, my favorite artist is Bruce Springsteen. Mm -hmm. My favorite song from Bruce Springsteen is Bobby Jean. He rarely ever plays it in concert, so I've never seen him. Even though he plays four hours at a time, yeah, and there's rarely, so much of his music that is barely is rarely repeated. Yeah, and every time, I, I've seen him a bunch of times, but he's never played it. And then every time I see that he played it somewhere, I'm like, oh, I missed it. And if you, I don't, a lot of people aren't familiar with the song. Just Google it. Bobby yeah. Jean, you will love the song. All right, we have to give away tickets. To see a, a different legend, oh Diana Ross. Yeah, yeah, goodness. Not too far away, September 10th. She's going to be at the Miller High Life Theater. She has so many songs in her catalog between her starting out with the Supremes and Motown, her solo music, like this song, I'm Coming Out. Uh, she's got communal music, Reach Out and Touch Somebody's Hand. Yeah. Think about her conversion of Ain't No Mountain High Enough. All of those songs you can see Diana Ross performing live September 10th at Miller High Life Theater downtown. And I learned this week, no Grammy wins. No Grammy wins, 13 nominations, no wins, but she does have a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award, yes. so she has been honored by the music industry in that way. Super Bowl halftime performer, which is a rare club. 1996, uh, yes. she came in on a crane and left on a helicopter. What was the other factoid we shared about Diana Ross? I don't even remember now. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but she's She's a true legend and one of the originators of the whole diva reputation. So see her in her costume changes and belting out some great music. If you are caller, what do you want to say? Eight. Caller eight. Lucky number eight at the old National Bank talk and text line, 855-616-1620. Caller number eight at 855-616-1620. We'd love to set you up with a free pair of tickets to see Diana Ross, September 10th at Miller High Life Theater. A great show will be had, and this is the last chance to win. So I, I love the fact some of you were sneaking in before we started giving out those <laughs> phone numbers. You know the number because you've called for other things. All right, one of the big other issues after the break with Labor Day is travel. While our superstar travel person, Debbie Lazica, did a little feature on some of that. We'll play that after the break for you. You're listening, of course, to Sandy and Steve, and you know where we're at. We're at WTMJ now. Oh, this is the start of a big, hopefully a big, big season for the Wisconsin Badgers football program. It feels like it. The fickle era is beginning tomorrow, 2.30, Badgers and Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to get a perspective from people in the know. So welcoming to the show right now is Matt Jokey, a former Badgers football player in the 80s. Matt, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Sandy and Steve. Welcome. I'm so happy to be here. I feel like it's Christmas coming up tomorrow. <laughs> is that how it feels as a former player? Is this, this is like your big holiday? Oh, I live in Nashville, Tennessee. My wife walked in and she's like, you look giddy. You look like a little schoolgirl. So happy that it's, uh, you know, Christmas is coming early and my kids are happy and we're flying up this afternoon to, to hit Madison tomorrow. Ooh. 
Where, nice. where will trip. your first stops be to bring back the good memories? The, 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 the first stop always has to be the Union Terrace on the lake in the summer. Always popular. For the November games, that's not the case. <laughs> right now, absolutely. And then we'll head right over to State Street Brats, and then we always finish at Wando's. Hey, Matt, for people who don't know, when did you play and what was your position for the Badgers? Yeah, it's a good question. I played uh, in 1984 to 1988. So, believe it or not, we wore face masks back then. My wife is convinced we didn't. <laughs> um, and uh, I played uh, – I started center, but I actually ended up playing three different positions as I, I – I got hurt, and I came in as a linebacker and ended up starting center, so back in the 80s. What's one of your favorite memories from that time when you played? Uh, you know, I'd say, uh, you know, one that really sticks in my mind. We played one of – we played the first night game in Camp Randall, and it was against Michigan, and Jim Harbaugh was the quarterback. I remember that game, not. yeah. Yeah, and you remember that game, Steve? So, Steve, you were like 12 back then, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but back then, they had a rule. Everybody talks about crowd noise. Everybody talks about what's the best stadium. I've been blessed to be at a lot of different stadiums around the country. Back then, they had a rule that if your crowd was too loud, you lost a timeout. Yeah. And we, we were playing at night, and we lost every timeout. Harbaugh could not snap the ball going into the college end zone. And they took all our timeouts away. It's the only time it ever happened, I think, in college football. It was nuts. All the timeouts. It was absolutely it was nuts. <laughs> yes. It's one of those weird things that happens that n- never happens again. Matt, Matt, you, I mean, you played the game. We are super excited as Wisconsin residents, and it goes beyond that, Badgers fans. About this season, we have this brand-new coach who's who's got such credibility among the fans. They haven't played a game yet, but his recruiting has been amazing. What are, you, what are your expectations for this season? You know, I, I think Luke Luke was intentional in his decision. You know, you think about the, the decisions he's made. He's very intentional. He, coming here, this was not by accident. This was not a knee-jerk. He looked, I'm sure, he looked at the team. He looked at what we had. This is a very good situation for him, for the top style of football he wants to play to be in the Big Ten, and I think this he knew what he was getting himself involved in. He wanted to be a part of it, and I think he realized this is something he can build, take to the next level. He's got that Big Ten pedigree, so it's, it's right to be excited. I think what you've seen, he really, you know, he kind of shut down fall camp, and he really took the team inside. So he's, giving, he's really being more open to us as fans uh, on the outside, giving us a glimpse, but when it comes down to the team, he is building a culture inside that it's going to be his team. They're going to trust each other. A lot of new players. I really like what he's doing so far. We're talking with former University of Wisconsin Badgers football player Matt Jokey, getting his insights on this upcoming season. Matt, are there any players in particular that you have your eye on? Well, I do. I, and this is, uh, you know, this hits a little close to home. My godson happens to start at left tackle, Jack Nelson, number 79. No kidding. Uh, his, wow. Yeah. I played with his father. He's my best friend. We, we played together in high school and college. Uh, there were three of us from Memorial. And Jack has uh, just done a wonderful job. He's had three different offensive line coaches basically in four years and is able to uh, become all Big Ten out of mention in two of those three years. So looking for a big year from him. I would say uh, not only that, though, I, I really, I'm really looking forward to Tanner Mordecai. I mean, this, this guy, this young man, I mean, he's done it all down south at SMU, coming up to Madison. I really think he has a chance to get us to stretch vertically down the field. And when you do that, you're going to get our two running backs to the second level. 
And that's, if you watch Wisconsin football in the last 10, 15 years since Alvarez really built the foundation, it's when our running backs get in the second level, they cause real problems for defenses. And that's when you see that dive play go for 30 yards. I think Tanner actually gives us a shot to stretch it out, watch for him to get vertical for us, and then watch for our running backs to let loose. Good good source of information, Matt <laughs> Jokey, joining us. Now, you're still involved in football. I, I know you have connections with the Music City Bowl in, in uh, Tennessee. Yeah, you know, I've been, I've been very fortunate. Uh, I never played for Coach Alvarez, but he's been like my godfather, and he's, he really has uh, mentored me and empowered me to go out and make some decisions. And, and uh, I've been given the opportunity to uh, be the uh, sponsorship chairman for the Music City Bowl down here in Nashville, which is the SEC versus the Big Ten every year. This year it's uh, December 30th on ABC. And we're, you know, we always want Wisconsin to go to the playoffs, but I got to tell you, if you're not in a playoff game, given today's landscape, Nashville's not a bad place to be, at least what we hear from the other teams and the fans. So we'd love to have our Badgers down there if they're not in the playoffs. Obviously, that's the first priority. Hey, Matt, what's your favorite non-football memory of Madison? Ooh, non-football memory of Madison. A lot of great hangouts in Madison. There are. You know, I would say, you know, some of the best, believe it or not, and it's going to sound weird because I live in the South because I'm not, we, we keep on moving away from the bad weather, but there was nothing better than on that kind of wintry day after the college football season, going down either to the union, maybe over to the college club and catching one of those NFL games when it's 10 below out, and if you have, you've got it all day, it's wintry, but everybody's having fun. And the cool thing about all Wisconsin people is they're so inclusive no matter where you're from. You come in, it's freezing out, you take your stuff out, you spend three or four hours, have a couple brats, talk stories, and everybody's friends when you leave. And that has, that, that has stuck with me since the day I stepped foot on that campus. And Matt, you were cracking me up when we were uh, texting and making arrangements to have this fun conversation that we're having right now. But uh, you mentioned something about you didn't ever think that your jersey would be retired, but you do have a pride point in the town of Madison. <laughs> I do, I do. You know, my, my jersey probably won't make it on many walls when it comes to athletics. I was blessed to play and start in center, but that was about it. But uh, Wando's bar has a... Bar stool of honor, and on that bar stool is T.J. Watt, J.J. Watt, Ron Dane, certainly Barry Alvarez, and you know Russell Wilson, numerous others. Uh, but I was graced with my own bar stool at Wando's with my last name, Jokey. If you end up making there uh, Saturday, happy to buy you a soda pop, or if you're of age, maybe a spotted cow. Uh, but I will be down there, and, and that's something that, uh, as I told my kids. I won't make it in the Hall of Fame, but I made it in Wando's. And based on the fact that they just won an Emmy last year for their jump around, right? That's pretty good living, Matt. I I won't I won't be there tomorrow, but I will make the the pilgrimage and I'll try to take a selfie with your little nameplates. How's that sound, Steve? That is outstanding. I will say this: I have had a couple friends in college, you know, here lose touch. That I got a photo and a text through mutual friends, and the com this qu- the comment was. I can't believe you're still alive. I love it. Not sure if that's good or bad. Matt Jokey, University of Wisconsin, former Badgers football player. Thanks for the fun. We look forward to checking in with you again as the uh, fickle era begins. Take care, Matt. Take care. Thank you. Go Badgers. All right. Go. That that was that was fun.
I love those. Those guys are always so. They're all like that. Those ex Badger that they live that that life, man. They love. They still. He he was cheering about cold weather games. My goodness, <laughs> Matt Jokey, man, having having a life. We got to get him back on. I, I agree. Sometime, Good energy. Sometime during the season. Go Bucky. All right. After the break, another one of our regular Friday features: the weekend review, sponsored by Outdoor Living Unlimited. And yes, if you missed any or all of our interview with Matt Jokey from the. 1984 Wisconsin Badgers football team. We're going to podcast that because that was awesome. Great energy. And I love oh my goodness. his affection and, and the camaraderie and the just great community that he's become a part of. And he's talking about he's got a godson yeah. on the team yeah, this very year. Cool. And that Talented he, player. Yeah, and that, that, that his University of Wisconsin relationships with Barry Alvarez and other former teammates just are that strong. And we were talking during the break. He will be on again at some point during the season. We're I, definitely I love, invite I love him. his energy. That man. is a lot awesome. of energy. And uh, like I said, he's got some, some different and special insights. Absolutely. Matt Jokey, great, great guest on a Friday. All right. One of our regular Friday features is the Week in Review. This week is no different. A wave of controversy hits Lambeau Field while actual waves strike the Florida coast. Plus, the community comes together for overdose awareness and more. It's the Week in Review, sponsored, brought to you by Outdoor Living Unlimited. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Price is Right host Bob Barker passed away over the weekend, 99 years old. Bob was just a master at knowing when to talk and when to be quiet. I'm going home. Return of the NASCAR Truck Series to the Milwaukee Mile in the Clean Harbors 175 being considered a success by event planners. During Saturday's preseason win over the Seahawks, the PA announcer at Lambeau Field told fans to stop doing the wave. It is loud. You can get as excited as you want. Let's do it after we score a touchdown. Let's not do it so we get a false start. Is that really distracting? A six foot four, three hundred twenty pound guy running at me at full speed is a little more distracting <laughs> than the wave. Just smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. Police still on scene at a reported burglary at the Target on Miller Parkway in West Milwaukee. Police tape is up in two areas. All the Target employees currently waiting outside in the parking lot, along with a couple confused customers like myself. I'm not even supposed to be here today. The 11-year-old boy who was hit while riding his bicycle on Fond du Lac Avenue has died. 11-year-old Kamani Washington tells me he was out riding his bike with his friend on West Fond du Lac Avenue when cars started racing down the road. He went flat up in the air and then I, start, I went over there and I started crying. It sounded bad. It was like, holy cow. Then I heard, heard the, whoever was on the ground screaming. So shot like, like I want to like just buzz down in tears. Historically, warm waters off the Florida Gulf Coast of Mexico have super-powered Hurricane Idalia as it moves toward the Florida shoreline as a Category 4 storm. The strongest to hit the Big Bend region since 1896. I went through the storm of uh, 1993, storm of the century. I don't know if I'm going to have a house to go home. First Lady Jill Biden planning to spend the afternoon here in Wisconsin. Joining us, as we said, on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline is the Assembly Speaker. Speaker Voss telling WTMJ now he doesn't want to impeach Justin Janet Protasewicz, but on any legislative maps case... You need to take yourself off and allow those who haven't prejudged the case to make the decision. Today is International Overdose Prevention Awareness Day. Right now on Snapchat and all the social media, kids think they're getting 
you know, something, a, a, a pill to study for a test, and you know what, it can end your life. No one wakes up one morning and says, today's going to be the day that I'm going to start using heroin. Aaron Claiborne of Wisconsin Voices for Recovery says support is key when an addict decides to get clean. Help them find the thing that they once enjoyed and get back to that kind of life. Milwaukee 11th District Alderman Mark Borkowski is saying he will not seek re-election in 2024. At 65, I'd like to think that I'm still young enough to have another adventure, and I want to say that the world's my oyster. God, I hate oysters. The WTMJ Johnson & Sons paving time saver traffic alert. We are keeping our eyes right now on 43 northbound. Everything is at a standstill, stemming from a crash at Brown Deer Road. Because of the freeway construction, it's two lanes, it's extremely narrow, there's no shoulder at many of the spots. It's very difficult to clear it, which is why you end up with these type of delays. We've been down a man this week, but for good reason. Greg Pancake Hill produces the program, and Greg's been off this week as he brought his first child into the world. Greg and his wife Stephanie, proud parents now of a silver dollar pancake. From the first push to the time he entered this world, a total of 39 minutes passed. Wow, An solid. absolute trooper. She wow. just legged it out, closed her eyes, and sure enough, we have a beautiful baby boy sitting on my chest right now. Nice. That is fantastic. What a week. Beer goggles. Brandon. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend.